As entrepreneurs, we're always challenged to be more creative, to be innovative, to really use the right brain part of ourselves. You know, the challenge is most of us are left brain though. And today I have an extremely talented guest who is one of the most talented right brain people that you're ever going to meet. <laughs> Sandra Joseph. Sandra is, uh, really has some tremendous fame out there for an awful lot of different things, but it's pretty likely if you enjoy theater that you saw her on Broadway. She was for all, uh, about 10 years, uh, Christine in the Phantom of the Opera. I know I saw her several times, didn't know her then, but I was blown away with the talent. Well, why would we as entrepreneurs want to bring an actor on? I got to tell you, you know, really, Sandra is making some huge changes. Top of her success, she's now reinventing herself as an entrepreneur. And I want her to share her story because not only is there a lot of inspiration, but some tremendous lessons that we can bring in as entrepreneurs to make a huge difference. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Sandra Joseph, thank you for joining me today here. You know, magic of Skype, it's great to be together. Great to be with you, John. Hi, everybody. I'm really happy to be speaking to your audience. Well, Thanks. I want to set the stage, Sandra. I um, heard you on a, a good friend's podcast, uh, Jimmy Harding, uh, Game Changers, and I was jogging <laughs> you know, through the Redwoods. I live in Northern California. I was in one of the state parks, and I was listening. It was a long run of about an hour and a half, so I was listening to a couple of podcasts, and it came to yours, and I was going, geez, I'm not sure I'm going to listen to it, even though I love the theater and the whole thing, and I go, what am I going to get out of this? And I was blown away with what you shared, the difference you're making in people's lives now going forward, how you're reinventing yourself. And I wanted to share it with AES Nation because uh, these are fellow-minded like entrepreneurs that want to make a difference. But before we go to all the things you're working on now, I want to go to a little bit of the backstory. I mean, Sandra, as a young uh, woman, a young lady, a young girl, I, I don't know what age you woke up and said, I want to be on Broadway. <laughs> but I have some uh, good friends who are in the theater, and there's usually a little bit of a struggle there. How, you know, how did that all come about? Yes. Um, well, thank you for asking. I'm very impressed with you for your hour-long run through the Redwoods. I need to take a page from your book when it comes to that. <laughs> um, but back to the beginning for me, I don't think I ever woke up and said I want to be on Broadway. But I did have a moment when I was eight years old. It was, it was on a family trip to see the musical Annie. And I was about the same age as the little girl up there playing the role, and as soon as I saw her on stage, that, that whole evening, it was like being struck by lightning. I actually wear a necklace with a little lightning bolt to remind me of, of what that feels like, and I'm sure many of us have experienced, maybe not a moment like that, but sometime when you just felt something come alive inside of you, and, you, and without even realizing it, I just 
felt I want to do that, whatever that is. I didn't have a name for it. I just, it was love. I fell in love with that art form. Yeah, but I... it was the last thing in the world I thought I would ever be able to do because I was terribly shy, introverted, insecure, hiding behind mom. You know, I had a sparkly, outgoing sister. I was not that kind <laughs> of kid who wanted to be in the spotlight at all. So it was a huge struggle. Well, it's, you know, I mean, when you, uh, I mean, that lightning and that touch moment, I mean, that moment of truth here and seeing Annie and I seen Annie a lot of times too along the way. And, uh, <laughs> and it's a, you know, it's a, I can see certainly being inspired by that at a young age. And, and, you know, but so you, at eight, you kind of go, Jesus, you know, I want to be creative. I want to, you know, be on stage, making a difference in an awful lot of people's life. Okay. So what happened next? Because I, I can still remember I did a, a play. I was Charlie Brown about that age, and uh, my career didn't take off. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were braver than I was. Yeah. I, I actually auditioned for a solo in my fifth grade Christmas concert. It was a couple of years after seeing Annie. Got up my courage to audition and do this 10-second little piece of the Christmas song, you know, it's chestnuts roasting on a fire. I was supposed to sing a little piece of it. And right before the concert, we were lined up outside of the gym. And I happened to look inside. And the minute I saw the crowd, I started to turn red and started to get tears in my eyes. I ran over to my music teacher, Mrs. Maters, and I said, I, I'm so sorry, but I can't do it. And she, she said, okay. She was very sweet to me. And she got someone else at the last minute. So I stood back there on the risers with the chorus, with the rest of my class. And when that moment came for that solo, I watched this brave other kid from my class. It was a boy. And he went down there and sang that solo. And that was really a pivotal moment for me because I felt such regret and such shame and embarrassment. The same feelings I was trying to avoid by staying hidden, I was feeling those feelings anyway, but without the possible benefit, the payoff of putting my voice out there and maybe being successful. I was so afraid of failure and humiliation that I stayed silent and hidden in the crowd. And, and I look at a snapshot of that moment in my life and I realize that could be the story of everyone's life if, if they're not willing to take the risk and put your voice out there, whatever that means for you. It may not be on stage, but at some point we all have to take a risk, the risk of failure. So eventually over many years with a lot of voice lessons and singing in my basement <laughs> and behind closed doors, I started to overcome that fear with a lot of training and excellent coaches and that's something that I still practice today. I still take voice lessons. I still uh, train and, and study with the best coaches I can find in business and as a performer. Well, let's just stop for a second because I think there's two big lessons for all of us as entrepreneurs, Sandra, that you're sharing. I mean, the first thing is that you know everyone on this is already successful as an entrepreneur and you know, you're thinking, well, geez, there's no fear. I got to tell you, there's plenty of fear. <laughs> and entrepreneurs want to mitigate risk. We don't embrace risk. A lot of people make that mistake. We want to mitigate risk. We want to, you know, we want to play the game 
uh, believing it's, you know, in our favor. And uh, so, I mean, you know, and in today's world, particularly, you know, if we're going to make a difference, we have to raise the awareness. You know, there's two things we have to do well. One, we have to delight our clients. We have to deliver a great client experience. And second, we have to have more people to raise their hand to explore working with us. Well, in today's world, getting more people aware of you, I'm going to assume that you're delivering a great experience, everybody that's watching this or listening to on our podcast. But the, the ability to differentiate yourself and get out there means that you have to communicate. You've got to use the social media. You've got to use video. You've got to use all these things. And I've got to tell you, Sandra, I didn't start using it until about four years ago. And I, I cut the first video. And <laughs> I was glad that it was never posted on the Internet because I guess nothing <laughs> dies on the Internet. So I want to go first thing, you know, and this is a real important part for all of us is just that journey. And, I, you know, and I want to go a little bit more on the progression there because it's, you know, you, you overcame that initial fear after the first, you know, failure. And, and boy, it's, um, I think Thomas Edison said he, I forgot the number, but it's like 10,000 times he failed on the light bulb. He didn't fail. He just, he proved those were the wrong ones. And he got the, finally got the one that really worked. And, you know, this is what we want to do. And the second part, and I see this in everyone that I know in theater, as well as everyone that I know in business, they go out and get the best to work with. And it's just, life's too short. It's too competitive in today's world. You want to have somebody that's walked the walk before you, that knows how to you know, really help you excel with whatever talents that you have to do that. So, I mean, you know, that, that, this is a story not of only theater. This is entrepreneurs. This is life. Yes, yes. And I, what you're doing with this podcast series and so many of the things that you do is get letting us hear other people's stories of failure and struggle and disappointment and for certainly in my field rejection after rejection but we do have to continue to stay motivated and to learn to walk ourselves through that fear and and mitigate risk but continue to walk toward it and move through it so that eventually we can break through and so many of your listeners know exactly what that is. You, you fail, you fail, you fail, and then you find something that works and you build on that. And yes, working with the best coaches and learning from other people who have walked the path before you, it's everything. I mean, for me, once I eventually moved to New York, which was in itself an enormous risk, 88% of people in, in theater who are members of the Actors' Equity Association. These are professionals. Mm -hmm. You have to work at a high level to be able to join the union. But at any given time, 88% of union members are unemployed. Yeah. And those of us who are working, I just heard this statistic the other day. The average income is $7,500 a year for theater actors. So most people, we, we certainly don't go into this for fame and fortune and money. We go into it because we're passionate about it and we can't help it. We love it. So if you're going to go into something like that, you're laying all your cards on the table. And it is an enormous risk. To, and your chances of success are very minimal. But you, you keep following what you love. And I, when I first moved to New York, I found coaches that were 
teaching people on Broadway at a high level. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I couldn't really afford to eat. <laughs> I had a bagel in the morning and a plain slice of pizza at night. That was my day no, diet. No cream but cheese on the bagel? or no schmear. <laughs> I could not afford the luxuries of the pepperoni or the schmear. Yeah. But I did take, I will confess, cash advances from my credit cards at one point to be mm -hmm. able to study with the coaches that I knew could help me achieve the level that I wanted to get to. And, yeah. it, and it paid off. Working with those coaches transformed my career. Now, so let's go a little further on that, Andrew. I mean, because, you know, it, you know, you have the talent, the coaches are helping you bring that out and really uh, prepare you to be very successful in theater. Now, I do know, you know, we, we've had the chance to talk uh, a few times before and, you know, you didn't start out in New York, you were in Detroit and, you know, young lady in Detroit moving to New York and even with all this training my guess is you didn't show up one day and uh, you know do the audition you were the only one there and they chose you I'm, I'm guessing what little I know of theater and this is a lot like and the reason why I'm bringing this up as entrepreneurs you know there's hundreds of thousands and millions really of entrepreneurs and we're all out there and you know, we've got to get prepared. We've got to differentiate ourselves. We've got to show up and make a difference. And we're going to get plenty of rejection too. But how, how did you overcome all this to get, I mean, to, you know, I, my guess is there were a few other women that were behind you that were more than happy to take over the role at any time. <laughs> well, women before me, behind me, next to me, <laughs> all around me who wanted that part and we're up for that part at the same time that I was. And, you know, everybody knows the Phantom of the Opera. This is, and, and the role of Christine is this iconic role for a soprano that a lot of people were auditioning for and still are to this day. It's still running after 26 years on Broadway. By the way, it's also the most lucrative entertainment enterprise of all time. Phantom has outgrossed even the best uh, the, even the most successful film of all time which at the moment is avatar phantom has outgrossed even that in worldwide box office sales it's just this incredibly iconic show so even the chance to audition was a big deal i was thrilled to be able to go backstage all of a sudden this kid from detroit shy scared i'm standing on that broadway stage i would have paid them just to let me walk around back there and you know, see the set and the costumes up close. But there I am on the stage in front of Hal Prince, this famous director who's like the Steven Spielberg of Broadway. And there's that famous giant chandelier up above me. Well, the scared little girl from the fifth grade who couldn't sing a solo still lives in my body to this day. And sometimes she shows up when, <laughs> when it's not at all convenient. So... That first audition, I was so intimidated and so nervous, and I wanted it so badly that I kind of choked. I got in my own way. I was frozen. I couldn't move. I was like a singing head with no body. I, I was numb from the neck down. So I did not land the leading role after that first audition, and I was crushed, but... I actually 
I had a couple things in my favor. Number one, I was the right physical type. You got to fit the costumes. Mm -hmm. And I, I was the right type. I had the right type of voice. And they saw something in me that had potential. So they put me in the chorus on the national tour. So off I went to, I was suddenly a part of the show. I was a working performer. I was thrilled. Um, and my role actually, for people who've seen the show, there's a moment when a mannequin bursts through a broken mirror and scares Christine and Christine faints. So the mannequin was my role. I got to play a dummy for an entire year. After studying <laughs> with the best coaches, I was cast as the dummy. <laughs> Not quite what, quite what I had in mind, but nonetheless, I was very thankful to be a part of the show. Yeah, oh, that's great. And you know what I mean? This is out of failure becomes success, but it's not always quite the level that, you know, we, we wanted and so on. And, and this is and so important as entrepreneurs that I've got so many friends and uh, peers who have just broken through and people think of them as overnight success. And <laughs> they're anything but overnight success. I mean, it's, it was that 25 year period up until that moment. And then there was that success. But so you did the national tour, you played the dummy. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> and uh, uh, what happened after that year? After that year, the Christine, the leading lady was leaving our show to do another show. So they flew me back to New York to audition for the second time. So there I am again on the stage under the chandelier decided no way am I going to freeze this time. I'm going to show them that I can be in my body and I can move. So the second audition, I went in there with pre-planned movements and choreography and dramatic steps and gestures. And it, I don't know if you've ever experienced that thing where you're in the middle of something and you just no, it's not working. It's not a good feeling, Sandra. Oh. Yes, I have had that feeling. <laughs> oh, the, the egg on your face feeling and, you're, and, and the flop sweat starts. and you're... So as when I finished that audition, the assistant director pulled me aside and said, what was that? And I, I, I really couldn't believe I blew it the second time. That, you know, here I'd had my scary moments. I'd gotten it over with. I should have been prepared by then. And once again, I just wanted it so desperately that I showed my desperation. I, I came across as phony and trying too hard. So I blew it again. But that was a huge lesson for me because at that point I really thought, well, that's it. It's over. I'm never going to play this part. I've proven to them that I'm not capable of it, that I'm, yeah, I'm a failure. <laughs> so, so I had to hang it up and, and go back to the chorus, being the dummy. And I really thought, I've hit the glass ceiling now, and this is as far as I will ever get. And I, I really had to grieve it. I was really disappointed in myself, beat myself up, hating myself for screwing up like that. And my dad was always the one that was there for me throughout this whole journey from the night that I saw Annie and confessed in the back seat of the car that I wanted to do that with my life. He always said, keep believing in yourself. 
I believe in you, anything's possible. He was just always there for me and oh, I get emotional when I talk about it, but at that time, um, when I was so down on myself, I talked to my dad on the phone. He was back in Detroit and he said, you need to shift your perspective on this and realize how far you've come and how much you have to be thankful for. You know, you could be back in New York eating a plain bagel and slice of pizza. You know, you're, you're, you're a working you, actress. You're, you are, well, and, and you are, there are very few people, you know, you, you gave some of the t statistics earlier on the, you know, the uh, equity, uh, I forget what it's called, equity union, equity Actor, association. Yeah, association. And there's just so few that are having success. You're having success. And this is, I mean, one, a good friend of mine, Dan Sullivan, strategic coach, he has this whole concept that talks about, you know, you're here and ideal is way up here. Yes. And then what we do is, you know, we achieve the actual and we get so frustrated, the difference between the actual and the ideal. And he calls that mining the gap that we get you know, as entrepreneurs, as actors, actresses, you know, every, no matter what you are in life, you do that. And what we don't do is we don't really reflect on the progress we've made, you know, from that eight year old to, you know, where you are now. And, and it really gives us an opportunity to regroup. And it doesn't mean that we have to stop there. It doesn't have to be a ceiling, but it's like, let's celebrate kind of where we are and then, you know, see where we want to go type thing. Exactly. Exactly. And one thing that I hope that everyone listening will do is today is to have a moment to reflect and think about how far you've come. Yes, I'm sure we all still have another level that we're looking to achieve or things we want to do with our lives, but it's such a gift when someone like my dad did for me gives you the, that perspective on where you have come from. And, and how much there is right here, right now to be thankful for. Well, and then the other thing I want to do for fellow entrepreneurs too is something that's so important, Sandra, that out of that lesson is you should never worry alone. I mean, no matter who you are, you know, you're the most powerful entrepreneur in the world, you've got to have someone else that's there with you. You never go to a problem alone. You need people to trust it. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we created this AESNation.com is to have this virtual mastermind. And this is a lot of value here, but you want to have somebody that's there with you. You, know, you have that emotional connection. Let me go, I want to play a little animation here real quick. So what was the big breakthrough? I mean, you know, okay, you, you're, I, I mean, you're playing a dummy and I know I've read all the press releases. I mean, I'm just gonna hold up for a second. You know, I'm, I've got all these uh, quotes here. Oprah Winfrey, some of you know, one of the Broadway's biggest stars and in inspiration. Uh, other quotes, I have had the opportunity to learn from Sandra, don't hesitate to give yourself this rare gift. Sandra's message, you know, uplifting will guide you. I mean, there, I got a whole, yeah, I got to print out more and more of this, Sandra. So what was the big breakthrough that happened? The, the first one was after that phone call with my dad. I sat down with my journal and started writing all the things I had to be thankful for. And the practice of gratitude shifted my perspective on my life, really. And this is something that I still 
practice to this day, every day, looking at and really being present to what it is that I have to be thankful for in this moment, no matter what's going on. And also realizing that when we want something with desperation, it, it's very difficult to show up and really be present and be in the moment. I was carrying this weight of needing to get this job into those auditions with me and it caused me to come outside of myself. So what ended up happening was I wrote a thank you letter to that assistant director. I let go of it. I wrote all my gratitudes and I really felt myself release it. No sooner did I do that than I got a phone call from my agent saying they still have not found a Christine and they want to bring you back one more time and give you one more chance. So that third audition, I walked in there and I really had surrendered my attachment to getting the role. Uh, and I said, okay, my only goal is to be myself, to be present, to be in my heart, and to sing that song as honestly as I possibly can. So my goal was just to be authentic and present. And I showed up on that stage, and of course I was still nervous. Of course I still wanted to get the role. But I wasn't bringing that clinging energy into it. So I just said, I'm just here to show up and be me and give my heart and soul to this, to this role in this moment. And because I didn't carry all of that angst in there with me, I was much more real. And that's what every client, audience member, director, it, it, customer is looking for. They want authenticity. It's not a, there are a lot of girls who could fit in the costume and a lot of girls who can sing those songs. No, what I... they're looking for always is, do I connect with this person? Do I see a real human being in there? Even when you're playing, ironically, even when you're acting, when you're playing mm -hmm. a character, we're always looking for the ring of truth in people that we want to work with. Do I, it's that know, like, and trust factor. It's mm -hmm. no different on stage in a, in a performance as it is interacting with clients or when you're going to hire someone for a job you want to work with people that you feel are authentic and real and that was the critical key to my success was bringing more of who I am into that space well and, I mean and that you know there's so much in that you said Sandra I mean so many lessons learned you know being present being authentic you know, recognizing that's what makes people, you know, for marketing, you know, I, I love this, know, like, and trust. And that's, you know, if we're going to have more people explore working with us, that's what we need to do. And as entrepreneurs, yes, we're not actors. You know, we are, but we're on stage. We're communicating. We, we have to connect with people. And it's not, you know, I'm a financial guy. It's not numbers that gets everybody excited. It's yeah. that authentic, the story giving of yourself. And, you know, I mean, that, Sandra, and, and this resulted in how many performances did you end up doing on Broadway? 
Uh, well over a thousand. Yeah, I, I think mean, it was somewhere thirteen hundred, somewhere somewhere in there, a lot. A, a ten lot. years, and you know, just you know, just you know, that moment, being authentic, being present, all the years of preparation. I don't want to take anything away from that, but it's that moment that you were there to you know do justice to what you're doing, but not you know. I always think of it as we're going to do the best that we're able to do. And whatever happens, happens. I mean, that's all we can do. We can't control other people. We can control ourselves. And, and as entrepreneurs, I mean, you know, if you're the best you can be, you're going to win most of the time in life. That's it. Sandra, let me do a little transition here because, I mean, this is great. I want to go to what are you passionate about now? I mean, you, you know, you as someone who's achieved just a remarkable level of success, I mean, just, you know, uh, you know, huge. And, you know, so many people, you know, loved your performance. You were, uh, you know, a star on Broadway for an awful long time where it's, you know, it's, it's hard to do that. And, and at the same time, you know, now you're, you're, you're really broken away and you're going to be, and you are an entrepreneur. Matter of fact, I just think, engage you to come. I've got an event next week with uh, a few, uh, uh, 200 of the top financial advisors in the world. And I've asked Sandra to come and share not only your story, but also really interact with them to help them to understand, you know, how to create these connections so that they, you know, because we're more left brain, like most entrepreneurs are too, you know, how can we do those connections? But, you know, tell me what you're passionate about now. Thank you for asking that. A year after I left Phantom, um, my beloved father died suddenly from a heart attack. And experiences like that really shake you and, sh and shift your, your perception of your life again. And, you know, I never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I still, that's, to me, that's such a uh, loaded term. I have such respect for entrepreneurs. I, I have found myself being invited to speak, which has been such a gift. Um, and after my father passed, I just, I wanted nothing more than to follow the path that has heart and meaning for, my, for the rest of my journey. You know, I think many of us, when we've had a big, career success, a dream come true for me beyond anything I could have imagined for my life. Um, it, it, it's no longer about climbing any ladders. For me, it's about connecting from my heart as, as often, as thoroughly as I can and living really from that place of emotional connection and authentic presence. So that's really what I'm passionate about now. And the way that has manifested in a career space has been really fascinating and mind-blowing for me. I did start to have inklings in the, in the latter years of being on Broadway. I recognized that my, my aliveness was no longer there, that I was feeling pulled toward something else. And I had no idea what that something else might be. And I went to hear a speaker named Carolyn Mace. She's a wonderful author and spiritual teacher. And she talked about when we get a download from the universe. 
And I was like, I am not getting any downloads. I have been asking and praying and meditating and really trying to figure it out and nothing is coming. But something magical happened the night after I heard her speak. I had, I guess, what would be called a download, a waking dream, a vision, an image of myself on stage, but not wearing a costume or a wig, not playing a character, just being me. And that had never occurred to me before. I didn't even know being a speaker was a thing that someone could be. And one thing led to another, and I started just meeting people. And through conversations and relationships, I started talking about feeling like I wanted to share and inspire other people to go after their dreams. And I started getting invitations. And then the crazy, really crazy thing happened is that entrepreneurs started inviting me. People in financial services started to see a connect. They saw the connections long before I did of, of my journey and the entrepreneur journey. But there are so many parallels that I didn't even realize before. But um, then I've come to recognize books like The Experience Economy. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Why Work is Theater. And, how, and, and that, yes, what every business person needs is a way to be in their authentic presence, really? to, to bring more of who they are, to differentiate themselves. It's the same thing I had to learn in my audition process. That's what makes people in business successful as well. Yeah, there's a lot of research. I think it was Joseph Pine that wrote that book. And, yes. Yeah, and it's a great book. It was written a while ago. And I mean, I remember first reading it. And and this is, you know, all of life is a stage. I know somebody said that before right. I did. Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, a all few years ago. Stage. Yeah, but and, <laughs> and this is... This is something for all of us to think about because, you know, we, we are, as entrepreneurs, many of us are really in the entertainment industry, you know, to engage people. And we need to, you know, take from all these dis dis disciplines, really. And, and, you know, I really appreciate you being passionate. I mean, one of the reasons why I was listening to podcasts and I, I contacted you immediately right after was I thought geez, she's going to resonate so well with the entrepreneurs I have the privilege of working with and these top financial advisors because this is what we're all trying to do is blend that left and right brain bring the creativeness in to our industries because so many things are being commoditized now and it's the story it's that authentic you know, being authentic and sharing that you know, let, let me, I'm going to go one, I want to, I want to get a whole bunch of things and we're going to run out of time. So I'm going to dive into a couple others real quick. Sandra, we have this segment, the app of the day. And uh, is, is there, you know, you're, you're doing a little bit of travel and you're coming out to San Francisco next week to visit me and a few of my friends. Uh, the, um, what do you keep on your smartphone? Oh, that's a great question. I do a lot of traveling. My husband actually, I, oh, I should mention this. When I was cast in Phantom, I actually fell in love with the guy behind the mask and I married the Phantom in real life. So my I, I would say that was a very successful career for both of you then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it worked out. So he is now traveling with the national tour of the Book of Mormon, which I think is mm -hmm. playing San Francisco it is. next year. Yeah. But so I'm, I spend a lot of time on airplanes and I'm speaking all over, doing a lot of cl 
client appreciation events and and concerts and one of the things that helps me stay grounded and like I was talking about earlier grateful and present um, those are two practices for me that I really try to stay engaged with and there's an app that I keep on my phone called intention reminder and it allows you to choose a beautiful background and to type in whatever little message you think you need for that day or if, if you have something coming up that's important and you know you need to stay grounded I use it as a way to set it you can set in a little alarm so the alarm goes off and I see this beautiful image that I've chosen and whatever words I've put there that I want to stay connected to throughout that day so it's just a way to remind yourself to be grateful to be present to be yourself uh, to take a risk whatever it is it's a way of supporting myself through this journey of really uh, continuing to take risks we all I, I don't think that ever ends but but the intention reminder app is something that really just helps me to stay grounded and come back to center yeah, great now so let me go to the next one and this is the book of the day and I'm not gonna let you get off too easy because I know you've done an audiobook so I'm gonna put that up on the screen here <laughs> tell us what you you did here and how uh, you know how that relates to what you're doing now oh thank you for that um, well actually Carolyn Mace that speaker and author and teacher that I mentioned earlier I had the opportunity of meeting her 10 years after I heard her speak and got that download about becoming a speaker myself and Carolyn invited me to co-author an audiobook with her and it's called your creative soul expressing your authentic voice and it's really about all of the things that we've been talking about how to stay authentic and bring what is yours forward that bring that unique essence of you out into your life in your business in your creative expression it's really about staying connected to your aliveness and we both speak on the program and I also sing five songs and on my website there are actually two, you can download two of the songs for free and I created a little workbook to go along with it. it's a four CD program but if you want the soundbite version of what's on it you can go to my website and download a workbook and let me pull up Sandra your um, you've got a beautiful site here and it's flashing between you know presentations you're doing and performances you're doing and that for those of you who are not on uh, the video podcast it's sandrajoseph.com and remember you can always go to aesnation.com to get the transcript of this the all the show uh, notes and the links and so on but uh, you know some tremendous resources there thank you well let, let's let me go the the last section here and And this is key takeaways. And, you know, Sandra, I mean, this has been really great. I, you know, there's so many things. But as entrepreneurs, I'm going to focus on a few. Uh, one, you know, left brain versus right brain. We're so many of us so into business, and particularly if we come up on the financial side, that we sometimes lose track of that ability to connect with people. And, 
you need to really work on that. And our research in the financial side is that before somebody works, a successful individual works with a top financial advisor, 84% want to connect emotionally first and then justify that decision with logic. So many of us as entrepreneurs just focus on logic. We want to persuade people. And it's that creating that emotional connection. Second thing that I really want to support is the gratitude. I, I start my day every day by journaling three gratitudes. And it's, it's, um, I, it's so powerful. I mean, we live, we're so privileged, we're so blessed, you know, the lives that we're leading. Really just about everybody, if not 100% that are listening to this. And, and, you know, it's, and I'd go back to also that mind the gap. Don't get caught up that you're not the ideal of what it is. No one is but you've made so much progress every day. What are those simple pleasures that you should be celebrating? And lastly, I want to go is that be present. It's so, you know, we bring so much baggage in life, the weight of the different aspirations, the things, you know, around us and all that, but being present in that moment, giving of yourself, what a difference it makes. And Sandra, I mean, you've lived, you know, a life of doing all that. You're here to inspire us, which I really appreciate. And, uh, you know, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much, John. It's really, it's been a, a privilege to be here with you and, and to speak to the incredible listeners that you have. Um, if I could just share one last thing, people often wonder how you keep it fresh every night when you're performing a thousand performances, the same mm -hmm. songs, saying the same words, and how do you how do you go out there and and give your best night after night? And it comes back to what we've been talking about that emotional connection. Really, when I was feeling exhausted and like I didn't have any more to give, a friend of mine gave me this incredible gift. He he scoured the internet and found quotes that people had written on different forums and different posts about how seeing Phantom impacted them, how it made them feel, how it changed their life in some way. And I would keep those slips of paper in my dressing room and pull one out before I would go on stage. And I would think about that one person who was seeing the show for the first time and how they might have saved up their money and brought their children or their spouse and this was a special special night for them and because we all are connected at the heart level even the the most successful wealthy clients and entrepreneurs really it's about the heart it's about the what the money can do for us and i would think about the love that my dad showed to me, the, the blessings in my life, and how I wanted to pour all that was given to me into that expression that night in that moment for that audience member in case, you know, any day could be our last. And I want to show up and give as much as I possibly can out of compassion and love, really. So... When, when people are struggling and wondering how to continue to give their all, I always try to remind them just to bring it back to that one person and think about what you would want to share if this was your last well, day. And, and you know, so many entrepreneurs do get those 
emails and letters thanking them for the difference in lives they've made, you know, no matter whether they're selling widgets or professional services. And, you know, I think that's a great way to end this. Let's go out and take Sandra's advice. And, you know, many of us have well over a thousand uh, performances. We're performing every day of our lives as entrepreneurs and we're making a difference. We're making a dent in the universe, as Steve Jobs talked about, and in those individual lives that we're touching. Let's make a difference. For our current clients, our future clients, they're all counting on you. Wish you the best of success.